Yesterday, we saw the conference championship games in the NFL. It's been 12 years since the Jets played in that round of the postseason. Today, we're going to compare the last Jets team to make a deep playoff run to the current roster. How far are the Jets away from returning to the conference championship game? We'll talk about it on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, January 30th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, please give it a big thumbs up. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. And today's episode of Locked On Jets is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. And first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. Well, the Super Bowl is set. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs. Conference Championship Sunday was yesterday. I thought it was kind of a letdown of a day. The NFC Championship game, which began the proceedings was not competitive. You had a quarterback get knocked out of the game in Brock Purdy. I, I really feel like that, that game was a disappointment. The AFC Championship game, in some level, was a classic, but I had issues with the officiating. And you know, it, The last play of the game that uh, put the Chiefs in field goal range, there was a penalty. I had an issue with the penalty call. I, I thought that that was not a call that should have been made. Apparently, based on the way I'm talking, based on my interactions with other people, I'm apparently the only one who feels that way. You know, a lot of other people seem to feel that that was an obvious call. I did not, but even if we get past that call, I thought the officiating was very shaky in that game. Really hurt the Bengals a lot. So, I think it's been overall, it's been kind of a disappointing NFL playoffs. The first weekend, you know, had its moments certainly, but the last two weekends have not been good. Maybe the Super Bowl will deliver for us, but it's difficult to watch Conference Championship Sunday as a Jets fan and not think back to the last time the Jets were in the playoffs, twelve years ago when they went to the AFC Championship game. In fact, they went to the AFC Championship game back-to-back years. The first the first happened in the 09-10 season, and then they went back the next year in the 10-11 season, and they have not been back since. This was a year where the Jets took a step forward, maybe not as much of a step as we were hoping, you know, mid-season or even entering December, but the Jets now have a better base of talent. But on today's show, I wanted to talk about how far the Jets are from returning to the conference championship games. Get back to the point they were at after the 2009 and 2010 seasons. And today I wanted to take a look at those Jets teams that made the AFC Championship game and compare them to the current team. And I'm not going to go down the roster one by one. I'm going to give you three traits about those Jets teams under Rex Ryan. Three things that they had that got them to the championship game and compare them to what the current Jets team has. Now the first thing I'm going to talk about is an identity on both sides of the ball because Those Jets teams under Rex Ryan, they had a distinct style of play. On the offensive side of the ball, they could run the ball. They had a great offensive line, and whenever that team needed a yard and a key spot, they were going to pull the left guard. 
They were going to run it to, to the right side of the line, a big line with Damian Woody, Brandon Moore. You had pulled the left guard. The first year was Alan Fanica. The second year was Matt Slauson. You had Nick Bangold at center. You had DeBrickishaw Ferguson. You, you just had a tremendous offensive line. That team had an excellent run attack, and it was offensive line oriented. Some of your run attacks are running back oriented. That was offensive line. The Jets had some decent backs. Thomas Jones you know, was pretty good with them, although... Looking back, I think it was more the offensive line than Thomas Jones. You had Sean Green, who early in his career looked like he was going to be a player and never really panned out for the Jets. You had kind of the last stages of LaDainian Tomlinson's career, that second year with the with the Jets when they made their run. On the offensive side of the ball, they ran it. But I think, as we all know, if you were around at that point, or even if, you know, even if you've read up on that those Jets teams, you know that they were defensive-oriented. That, that was a defense-dominated football team. And under Rex Ryan, there were a couple. There were a couple things they did on defense. The first thing they did is they controlled the offensive. They controlled the line of scrimmage with that big defensive line. They also blitzed a lot. You know, this was a team that manufactured a pass rush through scheme because they they figured out they came up with all these complex blitz schemes. They for, they essentially forced you to blow an assignment. They they essentially they were moving guys left and right. They pretty much put the pressure on you, and they knew that you were going to blow an assignment. And eventually, they'd get a free runner at the quarterback. It's interesting because Rex Ryan, uh, in his tenure with the Jets, never drafted a, a edge rusher on his, the first two days of the draft. The only time they even drafted edge rushers were the uh, in his final draft. They drafted a couple of guys on day three. It was not it was not a team that really built its pass rush around its edge rushers, which is kind of odd. I mean, they had Calvin Pace, who was decent. They had Jason Taylor the one year, kind of on his last legs. Uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Brian Thomas was on the team, but he really was more of a play-the-run-set-the-edge kind of guy, kind of jam the tight ends on the, on their way out in, t- in the passing routes. But Jets' defense, you know, they, they built a scheme around the pass rush. But more than anything, I think what they did on the defensive side of the ball was they could cover one-on-one. And when you blitz, you got to be able to cover one-on-one in the back because when you're sending extra guys, there just aren't enough guys to fill zones. So you got to be able to play one-on-one. And, of course, the Jets had the great Darrell Rivas, who... You know, in the next couple of days, you would expect is going to receive his invitation to Canton to go to the Hall of Fame. But they also had Antonio Cromartie, who had a pretty solid 2010 season. Cromartie was up and down. Cromartie, you know, never really lived up to the promise, but there were moments where he was excellent. So, you know, those teams had a, had a distinct identity. And if you look at this current Jets team, I'd say they have half an identity. I think on the defensive side of the ball, they've actually established their own identity. It's a little bit different from the Rex teams because this Jets team is built around two spots. It's built around the defensive line and it's built around the corners. Now, in a way, you could say the Jets team or the the Rex teams were built around the corner position. But this team under Robert Sala, they're more focused on just getting to the quarterback with four guys. And, you know, they've got the great Quinn and Williams playing for them up front. He's kind of the lead pass rusher on this team, but you've, you've got other pieces around him. In fact, you've got some talent, some talented young players when you're talking Bryce Huff. I thought Jermaine Johnson, in context, had a pretty good rookie season. The problem, biggest problem with Jermaine Johnson is that there were three other rookies who were just phenomenal for this Jets team on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think if you if Jermaine Johnson was your first-round pick, your only first-round pick, you'd be pretty happy with the year he had. It's just you had three guys who were rookie of the year candidates in their own right, or at least Brees Hall would have been, he'd not gotten hurt. Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner were. So this Jets team is all about getting to the quarterback with four guys. And they're about covering in the back with Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and Michael Carter II. The other aspect, which they really haven't filled yet, they want to build a defense around speed. Guys who can rally to the football, who can tackle. 
that requires more guys in the middle of the field. You know, they don't really have that at the linebacker position right now. I think that's the next thing they're going to look to add. You know, first they built the defensive line. Then they added the corners last year. I think the last pieces they're going to look to add this year are going to be the guys in the middle of the field, the linebackers and the safeties. But there's a clear template for what the Jets want to do on the defensive side of the ball. And there is a clear identity. What they don't have is an identity on offense. And one of the ways you can tell this is the fact that they changed their offensive coordinator. I think, you know, obviously it was a performance issue, but the Jets never really kind of figured out what they wanted to do on offense. I thought entering the year, they really, really wanted to be a team that ran the ball, kind of similar to the Rex teams. Although I think if the Jets ran the ball, it would be a more running back centric offense with Brees Hall. It's not, I think there was like a three game stretch where maybe the Jets found that, then Brees got hurt and they just really struggled to find their way the rest of the season. And part of it's, you know, they didn't really have great quarterback play, but you have to remember that under the, under the Rex years, Mark Sanchez was the quarterback, so it's not like the Jets had great quarterback play. Of course, you run into personnel issues, though. Jets, instead of having that great offensive line like the, like they had in the Rex days, had an offensive line that was constantly shuffling guys in and out. And without Brees, they did not have the running back to compensate for that and run the ball effectively. Now Nathaniel Hackett's coming in. We don't know what the Jets are going to do at quarterback, and I, I think it's fair to say that there's no clear identity on offense. I think on the defensive side of the ball, the defense isn't quite as good as it was in the Rex days. But still, it's, I think it's in the ballpark. You know, this is a defense that I think, may, if anything, maybe was a little underappreciated for what they did all season long because I think that they get maybe a little too much of the blame for the late season struggles, even though, you know, they obviously had some rough moments along the way. On the offensive side of the ball, the Jets just lack any sort of identity. We don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's going to build. A lot of it's going to be based on which quarterback they get, but clearly this is not a team that has a championship-level offense, and it's not a team with a championship level offensive concept right now. And that's something the Jets are really going to need to work on because you, in many ways you feel like they've got pieces. They're not quite starting from scratch, but you don't really know how they're going to build this thing going forward. It's something they need to work on. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll continue talking about the current Jets and comparing them to the last Jets team that had a deep playoff run. One thing that Jets team had back in 2009-2010, they had a lot of blue-chip young talent. And in that way, I think you could argue the current Jets team... Uh, grades favorably, but we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is presented by Prize Picks. There's only one NFL game left this season, but Prize Picks allows you to play daily fantasy sports in practically any sport you want. Here's how it works. You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you against the projections available. And again, there's only one NFL game left this season, so you can compete in prize picks in the Super Bowl, but you can also do play prize picks when we're talking the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, both men's and women's, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, cricket, and disc golf. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com and sign up to play Daily Fantasy Sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So if you deposit 50, PrizePix gives you another 50. If you deposit 100, PrizePix gives you 100. And don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. And you should know that Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing, all in one location. 
Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And today on Locked On Jets, we're focused on the NFL playoffs, particularly the conference championship games. Not so much of the conference championship games for this year, but conference championship games going back over a decade, the last time the Jets were in them, and I'm comparing the current Jets team to those Jets teams. Now, one of the defining characteristics of the, re- the early Rex Ryan Jets teams was the amount of blue-chip young talent the Jets had on their roster. They had Darrell Rivas, who, as I mentioned earlier, I think is probably going to get a Hall of Fame nod in a couple of days. You know, He'll probably get his gold jacket this year. He's eligible, and I would be surprised if he and if he doesn't get it this year it's going to happen in the next few years they also had two excellent offensive linemen and nick mangles and debrickenshaw ferguson and these these guys were probably a level below hall of fame players but they were at the top of their position especially in those years where the jets made their run they also had david harris who was an excellent linebacker you know, a guy who probably was i think one of the more underrated players especially during those years maybe he did not sustain it for as long as you were hoping at the time, but he was playing at a very high level. And even, You even had secondary players, maybe guys who weren't such blue-chip talents, like Dustin Keller, who at least contributed a little bit. And I think in that sense, this is a Jets team that does compare well. I think, you know, if you look at it, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't for this year's draft class, maybe I would not be saying that because the class of 2021 had... Not had a pretty bad year. You know, Elijah Moore did not develop the way you were hoping he would. Michael Carter took a step back. Guys who looked promising as rookies really did not deliver. And of course, first and foremost, above the disappointing 2021 draft picks, Zach Wilson. If you go back earlier, the 2020 draft looks like the Jets really did not get much from it. But this 2022 class, these are guys playing at a high level, and there's optimism for a rookie. You know, there's a, there's a, there are rookies who play well enough where you say, well, maybe they'll, they'll put it together. And Jermaine Johnson's a good example of that. Jermaine Johnson, for a rookie, played well. The Jets have guys who are already playing at superstar level. Uh, you Sauce Gardner, you know, an all-pro. Garrett Wilson, a 1,000-yard receiver as a rookie. And that's one of the great developments of this season, is that typically the Jets give, have given you guys like Elijah Moore, where you, know, you say, that's good for a rookie, now let's take the next step next year. These are guys who have already taken that step. They're guys who are already stars. And I'm going to include Brees Hall in that mix. Brees Hall had an excellent rookie season before he got injured. So the Jets do have some pieces now on this team. And I think it's very easy to lose track of just how big of a difference a couple a couple of impact players can make. We always spend these we spend all of our offseason talking about the team's biggest weaknesses and we act like we need to fill all of them. But in reality, the NFL is not really driven by weaknesses as as much as it is driven by great players elevating the rest of their team. Because if you have one great player, he makes life easy on everybody else. You know, I just talked about Brees Hall, how even though the Jets really did not have a great offensive line, in fact, they were rotating guys in and out all season long, especially in the early part of the season, Brees Hall was making it work without great run blocking. Garrett Wilson's another example. When the other team has to key on Garrett Wilson, it should, in theory, open things up for other guys and make life easier on them because the other team, he becomes the focal point of the other team's offense. And for years, we've with the Jets, we've been talking as though you know, these guys who are very pedestrian players, like Elijah Moore last year, would be would be that focal point. And really, they never were. I mean, if you go back far enough, I mean, I remember people were talking about how Jeremy Curley was de- was demanding double teams. No, he wasn't. And this has happened through the years. 
Um, you know, and, and since the Rex days, really the only year where the Jets had somebody who demanded that type of attention was Brandon Marshall for one year in 2015. It's been completely lacking on offense. The Jets now potentially have two guys who can carry the offense. Now, these guys play different positions than you had on those 0-9-10 teams. You know, you, it's more based on skill players than it was on, than it is on the offensive line like it was with Dipper Kishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold. But you have guys who can drive the game. And then on the other side of the ball, Sauce Gardner. And... Listen, don't compare Sauce to Revis yet. I mean, even this year, as good as Sauce was, this was not a vintage, this was not vintage Revis. Sauce went to play the left side. He shut his guy down. He played lots of zone. Revis, in his prime, would follow the other team's best receiver around, play man against him all game long, and completely shut down some of the best receivers in the NFL. Sauce is excellent, and I don't mean to take anything away from him. He's not Revis, but he doesn't need to be Revis. I mean, listen, when you can trust your guy to play one-on-one, it makes everything easier on defense. It simplifies the coverage. You know, one of the issues with zone is that zone's a complex coverage to run. You got to, you know, guys need to be able to communicate. You can break down a zone. You, and you can, there are holes in zones. If you can play man, it gives your defense a big leg up. And when you can trust your guy to cover any receiver out there, it gives your defense a big leg up because you can, you can get a little bit more exotic up front. You simplify things in the back because the coverage is just follow the other guy around. But you make things more difficult up front for the offense because you can send those extra rushers. As I mentioned you know, in the first segment, when you're blitzing, you kind of have to play man. Because if you're sending extra guys at the quarterback, there just aren't enough bodies to cover the entire field the way you need to in zone. So Sauce Gardner changes the game. And again, it's he opens up all these things schematically. You know, If you can trust him, maybe you can send help to the other side. It just makes life so much easier. Now, I think the Jets need to keep adding to this. You know, I'm not sure they have quite as much young talent as they did back then. But you've got the basis. You've got, you've got some legitimate building blocks. And this, again, this, is not, this was not true a year ago. A year ago, and we, we've been doing this for years, you've looked at some of the young guys and you've hoped that they could develop. You'd hope that they take the next step in year two. Now, of course, you're hoping that these guys improve. You'd like to see Sauce get better. You'd like to see Garrett Wilson you know, blossom from you know, maybe a 1,000-yard receiver, 1,100-yard receiver, to maybe a 1,500-yard receiver, which would be great, and really ascend to superstardom. You'd like to see Brees Hall recover from that serious knee injury, and something the Jets are really going to be looking for um, you know, as they try and build this new offense under Nathaniel Hackett. But for the first time in a while, it, it's gone past the point of you talking yourself into these young players. These guys are maybe not are not alone enough to build a championship team, but this is the championship foundation. And for the first time in quite a while, for the, probably for the first time since those those great draft, dra- Jets drafts of 06-07 where they got to Brickishaw and they got Mangold and they got Revis and they got Harris, you have that type of young talent. You have that young talent infusion. And now it's not necessarily just about getting the blue chip talent, although you want to keep stacking talent on this team. Now it's about finding the pieces to fill in around them. And that's a, that's a different spot than we were, again, even a year ago. And the Jets are in a much better position as a result. Now, here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we will close out this episode. We'll keep talking about what those Rex teams had, what the current Jets team needs. You know, We always talk about the two phases of the game. We talk about offense and defense. There's a third phase. And those Jets teams excelled on special teams. The current Jets team, well, they're going to have to do some work. And we'll talk about it as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by our new sports betting partner. And they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. 
You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid you can get paid your winnings instantly. So download so join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're talking about the last Jets team to play on Championship Sunday. This, of course, was Championship Weekend in the NFL. We now look forward to Super Bowl 57, but we had the NFC Championship game, the AFC Championship game yesterday. It's been 12 years since the Jets won that round. So I wanted to take a look at the Jets team, the last Jets team to make that round and compare it to the current Jets team. As I mentioned, those teams that the Jet, that made play, deep playoff runs under Rex Ryan, they were defensive-oriented. But you know one thing that flew under the radar about them? They had great special teams, and it was under the, the iconic special teams coach Mike Westhoff. You know, if assistant coaches were put into the Hall of Fame, which they really are not, Mike Westhoff would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe maybe the greatest special teams coach the NFL has ever had. But, and I mean no disrespect to Brant Boyer, who has done a pretty good job in his t- tenure with the Jets, but... Brett Boyer is no Mike Westhoff. The Jets, the Jets have had some good special teams units through the years. This year, things were a little bit shaky. It's always difficult to try and figure out an entire special teams unit, how their performance was, because there's so many different elements when you're talking about coverage units on kickoffs and punts, you're talking about field goals, talking about the return game. It's difficult to, to encapsulate that all in one statistic. There, you know, there are a couple areas who do it where, where they do it. Um, there's a writer in Dallas who kind of compiles the rankings every year. He hasn't quite done that yet this year. So another resource I use is uh, there's this website, Football Outsiders, that has like this kind of complex formula called DVOA. And they, they essentially run it for offense and defense. And they try and contextualize how successful a team was. And they 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 kind of account for the talent level of the opponent. And this year they ranked the Jets special teams, their, their metric DVOA, ranked this Jets special teams 21st in the NFL. Now, I think in fairness, the kicking game improved. The Jets, who, you know, the previous three years had probably been the worst kicking team in the NFL. And I'm talking, when I say kicking team, I mean field goals. I mean, outside of my new favorite player, player Eddie Pinheiro, at the end of last season, it was just a revolving door of mediocrity, mainly led by Sam Ficken. And you had Matt Amendola, the, the Curry Vedvik disaster of opening day in 2019. Greg Zorline came in and stabilized things. It was nice that the Jets, you know, for after bringing in all these guys who had never kicked in the NFL before, finally realized, you know what? We can actually get a proven kicker and not pay a lot of money for him. That's what they did with Greg Zorline. So hopefully Greg Zorline comes back next year. Because, again, I don't think it's going to cost a lot of money to retain. I don't think anybody's throwing crazy money at Greg Zorline. So instead of, like, bringing in some project who's never kicked in the league before, why don't we just stick with the guy we know can kick? That was, a, that was one area where the Jets were good. Another guy who was a standout, the guy who received, you know, Pro Bowl recognition was Justin Hardy, who was excellent for the most part as a gunner on the punt team. However, the rest of the punt team was not very good. In fact, the Jets were the one team in the league that allowed two punt return touchdowns against them. That was kind of the story. And, you know, you look at the return game, Braxton Berrios really took a step back this year. Although, you know, looking back on it, I think last year, you know, Berrios's you know, league-leading average, or, you know, his, his average that was in the top of the league was really based on, like, two, three big returns. So, Maybe it wasn't so unexpected. You know, this is a Jets team that you know, needs some work on the special teams unit. And I think special teams is one of those areas that flies under the radar. You know, those those early Rex teams with Westhoff, 
every like almost every big game the Jets won in those years, there was a huge special teams play. There was a key special teams play somewhere along the line, whether it was Antonio Cromartie breaking a big kickoff return against the Colts in the wildcard round in 2010, just with a point where the, the game looked completely lost. The Jets had just lost the lead in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter, and Cromartie set them up a field position. The next week in the upset against New England, Eric Smith uh, making a big tackle on a fake punt. You could go down the list. The Jets just outperformed their opponents on special teams in those years. And every every uh, practically every big win that they had, there was a key play on special teams. This year, there were issues. I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, the Jets lost a game. It wasn't all their fault, but they lost their game. They lost a game on a punt return. They allowed for a touchdown where Braden Man now kicked his coverage. The coverage unit did not do a good job recovering. There was another, you know, in the game against Detroit, they lost in part because Braden Man had a, hit a horrible punt. You know, punter is obviously an issue right now for the Jets. Um, you know, that's that's a spot where they're pretty weak. Braden Man has just not lived up to the hype. He was very hyped when the Jets drafted him back in 2020. It, I don't think he's really lived up to it. But other areas, ironically, the the one spot that I think was pretty good this year was the place kicking, and that had been the biggest weakness on the team the last couple of years before it. So hopefully the Jets improve their team. You know, I'm going to point it out. One of the guys they cut was their probably their best. One of the guys they cut in preseason was probably their best special teams player of 2021, Delshawn Phillips. And you wonder a little bit, maybe they should focus a little bit more as they build their roster on finding key special teams players. Special teams account for about 20% of the snaps in the NFL. So, and it's one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of the good teams, they actually do base roster decisions in part, not the entire thing, but they base roster decisions, especially when we're talking about lower guys on the roster, on who's going to perform well on special teams. And that's because, you know, if you're a third string guy in your, in, your, in your normal position, you're probably not going to see the field. The spot you may see the field, though, is on special teams. So you want to make sure that you have good special teams players there. This is clearly an area where the Jets are going to need some work. As, as we move forward. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.